Hello and welcome to another episode of the Daily Objective. Today it's day 125 of the Israel war. And today with me is James. Hey, James, how are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. My my thing is going away, so I almost uh, don't feel it at all. So that's I'm good. Feeling pretty happy about that. Yeah, you look in your old handsome self. <laughs> I sure do. Uh, and today we're going to talk about mainly the Palestinian victim mentality. And what we mean by that is this idea of there is a certain status quo. Apparently no Palestinians have any problem with it. Something happens, some Palestinians or some representation of Palestinians like Hamas attacks Israel. And then Palestinians want to push back against it. We didn't support it. We don't support it. Let us let us either go back to the to the way things were before or some abbreviation of that. Uh, but first, before we go to that, let me just do a quick run up of the news. So the first thing is, uh, and we'll probably talk about this even during the show, Israel has offered to allow Hamas leaders in Gaza to go into exile in exchange for the release of all hostages. Amongst those, Hamas leaders is also the person who orchestrated the October 7 attacks. And I believe it's the same person who was let go during the Gilad Shalit uh, uh, a hostage uh, release. So yeah. they basically want to let him go again. So as Hamas has uh, vowed to do another October 7 attack, at least I'll have the guy for it. Let uh, the main perp get away with it. Okay, well, you you, you can guess what my thoughts on that are. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, d- despite these sort of peace negotiations, negotiations, Netanyahu also says that Israel is a touch away from a decisive victory. Uh, and also, Abbas al-Dabs, a regional commander in Hezbollah, was eliminated in a drone strike, so it's always nice to see. It really looks like... Uh, uh, Lebanon is the best way, the best place to get rid of these terrorists, uh, because I even remember the last uh, or one of the top Hamas leaders was also eliminated in Lebanon. Uh, And uh, one more not Israel news, uh, Boris uh, Nadeshdin, uh, an anti-war candidate, was banned from election in Russia. Uh, he's going to appeal to the Supreme Court, and apparently the banning was due to errors in signatures and invalid signatures. Uh, there's been a lot of news from Russia, so maybe we'll talk about it soon, have it as a side topic of one of the reality shows, perhaps. And the last thing, uh, Netanyahu ordered soldiers to be ready to deploy to Rafa, uh, which actually currently holds more than one million refugees. And uh, also some leaders of Hamas, as I understand, are uh, coming under siege. And that's probably the causal explanation for the we'll let your leader, the guy who planned October 7th escape so long as you release the hostages. What a despicable deal that that is. But obviously it's because this Hamas leader is not living it up like others are in uh, in, in Qatar, uh, say, at the uh, you know, Ritz Carlton Hotel there. He's actually stuck in the city that's under siege right now. But uh, let's talk mainly today. We'll talk about this uh, interview that has been done in Rafa. Uh, A Gazan journalist, Sami Obeid, was interviewed and he made, I I think he really well summarized all the points that are pretty much made in defense of Palestinians. 
And the first one, I, I guess I can quote the first one. Most of those who live in Rafa are intense. I see tremendous suffering. There is no aid. The prices are very high. A kilogram of sugar is 40 shekels. A liter of milk is 50 shekels. There are no goods, no money. A pack of cigarette costs 120 shekels. Uh, just to put it into perspective, 40 shekels is about uh, $10. So $10 for a kilogram of sugar, something like thir uh, $13 for a liter of milk uh uh so what do you think about uh the idea of the palestinian suffering and what do you think has caused this oh well gosh isn't there all that humanitarian aid that was supposed to be getting to to them um apparently it's being um uh, circumvented um inter intercepted by hamas who are the first ones who get their uh mitts on to this humanitarian aid so uh, I'm, you know, I don't believe they should be getting any humanitarian aid because it's Hamas's fault that this man is suffering. This man should be clearly demanding that the hostages get released immediately and that Hamas surrender, that they stop the attacks, the rocket attacks that are being that are still going on, that they stop the coordinated attacks from Hezbollah and all over the Middle East. I mean, that's what's going on here. Uh, the situation for the Palestinians in Gaza could be fixed tomorrow. All that has to happen is Hamas has to surrender. Hamas is the one responsible for what's happening. No one owes the Palestinians, as we said yesterday, uh, food at all, support of any kind. No one owes them a living. No one owes them food. And if they're actually been involved in this attack, uh, but of course, they ha the defender has a right to cut off any supplies. Those supplies materially go directly to support things like October 7th and the ongoing rocket attacks on Israel. Just stop attacking Israel. It's, it's that simple. So the, what he needs to do is he needs to, this fellow needs to direct his attention, not at the international community and not at Israel, of course, but at Hamas. And if they don't like it, if things are really bad there, then what they if it's life-threatening, then they better risk their lives to get rid of Hamas. If my government were, were was responsible for not allowing me the conditions for my existence to be permitted, I would have to take out my own government. And it's my responsibility to deal with my government that is causing this. So it, it's, it's not Israel's fault. That's like saying it's Israel's fault that October 7th happened at all. And that's the assumption. It all began with, a, we broke out of our prison. We broke out of our concentration camp on October 7th. All of that hateful, anti-Semitic rhetoric, all of these sick, disgusting uh, justifications for the horrific atrocities that some people still deny occurred. No, it's a justification for that. It is a total justification for that. Otherwise, the only other logical alternative here is that it's Hamas's fault, and it's your fault for putting Hamas in, Mr. or Mrs. Palestinian. It's your fault. You need to change your government. Your government is causing you to starve right now. It is 100% the fault of Hamas, any humanitarian crisis in Gaza. And we cannot, it would be immoral for us to mitigate the, the harm that Hamas is causing to its own people, because we would be keeping Hamas in power. Um, so I sympathize with any innocent uh, Palestinian's plight here. But uh, innocent, is, you know, uh, 
if you were to say, look, I'm under all this pressure from Hamas, I've got to agree with Hamas, I've got to do what Hamas tells me, I've got to hold hostages in the attic for Hamas uh, because they're telling me so. No, you don't. If it means risking your life, you have to risk your life, especially since Hamas has put you in a situation that is risking your life, like starvation, like starvation, like having to live in tents, like not having clean water. Once you identify whose fault it is, then you can then you can get to the real cause of the problem. Uh, saying that the, the world has to keep supporting them is to continue and perpetuate the problem, is to directly support Hamas. So I'm sorry for the for the people who are suffering, in, if there are innocent people suffering in Gaza, but that's Hamas's fault. And until we identify that, any support for the Palestinian people is getting taking the pressure off of Hamas, taking the pressure off of Hamas and allowing the Palestinian people to go along with Hamas. No, you're responsible for the gov for your government. You're responsible for your leaders. And if they're putting you in a deadly situation, this horrific situation, then it's worth uh, taking the kind of risks that are appropriate for that. You have to risk your own life. I'm sorry. It's your authorities, though, that are causing this problem. Not Israel, not the international community. If anything, the international community, we're happy to feed you. And that would be wrong. The international community has no such duty, but as long as you've got uh, dozens and dozens, uh, perhaps over 130 hostages still there, how could you even raise the question? Of course you're starving. Expect to starve. Expect your children to suffer. Expect your children to suffer, so long as you continue to support in any way, even implicitly, what happened on October 7th. You can't demand the right to continue to do October 7th. You can't demand that Hamas get fed so that they can continue to lob rockets just because you're suffering? <laughs> that is insane. So you're saying that the, the victims of your attack have to feed you, have to feed you, even though you're not doing anything to remove the government that caused the problem, Hamas, the semi-government, that caused the problem in the first place. Uh, that's illogical on its face. It's... As I say, it's worse than sanction of the victim. It's the demand that you materially support your own destroyers. If this guy could understand, see with his own eyes and his own mind conceptually, that Hamas is the one who is starving him right now. Hamas is what's doing it. Uh, if he could see that, then he would direct his attention against Hamas properly. No, we need to uh, get the we need to uh, round up our leaders and turn them over to Israel. How about we do that? And that's going to take some life risk, uh, you know, some dangerous behavior. But look, the government, the quasi-government that you elected 16 years ago is responsible. It's your government. It's your values. It's your organization. You're responsible for this suffering right now, sir. Yeah. One thing we should mention is some people might say, well, you, you know, the last election was, like you said, 16 years ago when the whole uh, Hamas control over Gaza was established. Well, they don't push for new elections. No one is calling for new elections. And it, it's not like there was uh, much criticism of Hamas before October 7th when there were rockets going into Israel every day. It's not like there was even any 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 push against Hamas on October 7th. Many Palestinians participated directly in the attack, participated directly in taking some hostages. And Everyone celebrated it. Not even weeks after it, there was no real push. The only push started after 
Hamas started losing heavily after IDF started gaining a lot of ground in uh, in Gaza. Of course, I bro- and, and and even now it's not like everyone is pushing against Hamas. They're still mainly pushing against either Israel for attacking them or they are having just some general problems with what's going on right now, but no one is talking about Hamas. I mean even in this uh interview uh of the Gazan journalist Sami Obeid, when he was asked about uh, basically what's going on right now and why people are not standing up against Hamas, well, he said, uh, we didn't do October 7th, Hamas did it. Uh, or this was more about uh, Israel claims that there are no innocents in uh, in Gaza. And his response to there are no innocents is, we didn't do October 7th, Hamas did it. They did it and they were wrong. Tens of thousands dead, uh, 100,000 wounded. How long will this last? Open the sea for us. Let us go. Hamas controls Gaza. If they come to my house, what can I do? What can I tell them? No one in Rafa will say a word about Hamas. They are afraid of Hamas. They control Hamas. And, you know, the point that you laughed about that I made of is Jews are in the attic. What can I do? How can I stand up against my government? I mean, don't cooperate in such horrible things. Don't celebrate it. Don't hand out candy to kids and dance in the streets on October 7th. Uh, well, but let's assume that there are a small minority of adults who are actually aware and innocent and innocent in that sense. Well, where, you know, during World War II, there was a massive resistance against the Nazis in Germany, in France, in Poland. Yeah. Where's the anti-Hamas resistance among the Palestinians? You know, I believe that the United States, for example, there is a significant in the Islamic Republic of Iran today, there is, an, uh, there is a significant uh, portion of the population that does not like that government, that resists that government. And occasionally they attempt to fight back. Occasionally, despite the authoritarian theocratic nature, the horrifically violent things they do to uh, blasphemers and people who violate the you know the slightest rules of wearing a hijab, no freedom of speech. Despite all of that, there is an anti-Islamic uh, Islamicist uh, contingent within I- uh, Iran, and whenever they do try and fight back, what help does the West give them? What help does America ever give them? I would be happy to help those people overthrow their government. We should be. And but, you know, there isn't even such a thing among the Palestinians in Gaza or the West Bank. There is no resistance movement. Where are the brave, uh, you know, uh, General de Klerk, the leader, one of the leaders with de Gaulle of the French resistance against the Nazis, right, (laughs) during the Vichy uh, regime? Where's the uh, de Gaulle, the the de Klerk, the French resistance uh, leaders uh, among the Palestinians? It doesn't exist. There is no Palestinian resistance to this. These people aren't fighting back. These people aren't trying to throw out the people who perpetrated the atrocities on October 7th. And it's their government, if they, if you know, if they, if it's their leadership. If they don't want to be part of Israel and live in peace with Israel, then they are directly responsible. They have to fight back. It's no one else's duty or obligation even there. <laughs> I'm sorry for them. I'm sorry for them if there's a gun, you know, Hamas gun put the, put to their head, but it's the Hamas gun put to their head that then that's the problem, not Israel. Look, if you are truly being forced 
if Hamas is so intimidated the population that they don't, they're not fighting back, then it's Hamas again that's the problem, not Israel. Hamas is the problem. Um, and frankly, I don't see any Palestinian resistance, whatever, a point I've made before. And so it, under those circumstances, I'm afraid there is no way for Israel to distinguish, quote, innocent civilians from non-innocent civilians. You guys don't have a resistance movement that Israel or America could support. You don't have an alternative to Hamas. Where is your organization that says we would set up a government that would be tolerant of Israel, that would not perpetrate October 7th? Where is that organization? Oh, the Palestinian Authority. <laughs> no, no. They were celebrating October 7th. They were uh, justifying October 7th. Yeah, That's exactly what that I point. <laughs> One thing that I've recently heard about is apparently even Mahmoud Abbas, who is no celebrator of Israel, uh, but is to some extent willing to negotiate, is seen as somewhat of a traitor, is incredibly uh, unpopular in the West Bank. The Palestinian people themselves, they don't want Israel to exist. It right. has been like that. And it's not about uh, the Palestinian state. Uh, it's not... Uh, their primary goal is the destruction of Israel. It's not even a creation of Palestine, because we've seen that in '48, after the after the declaration of independence and the, basically the civil war. What happened after that? After Israel was allowed to basically allowed to fought for, for 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 its independence and for its right to exist. What happened after that? Was there a in the places such as uh, basically what's now West Bank and uh, and uh and gaza was there established a palestinian state no egypt took over gaza west bank took over uh um, jordan took over west bank and that there was no state was until another war it was jordan and egypt that controlled gaza and the west bank until they attacked israel and, and they I, repeatedly attacked israel to destroy israel and only after only only decades on did they say, "Oh well, we'll have a separate independent Palestinian state." But that wasn't the goal either for the Palestinians. It's the destru utter destruction of Israel, and they would accept nothing less. Oh, it's quite plain from both their charter and their behavior. They do not want Israel to exist as such. That is their goal. This Palestinian Authority, Mr. Abbas, he pays a bounty to terrorists who kill Jews. Now, he, if he is unpopular among the Palestinian population, it shows just how insidiously evil the ideas that dominate, that totally dominate the Palestinian people are today. They are dominated by a savage, racist commitment to destroy Israel and to kill Jews. That is their highest goal. That is their raison d'etre. That is their purpose for existing. And uh, any other goal is just a distraction. And in fact, we're suckered in, insofar as we even believe the words coming out of uh, someone's mouth. <clears throat> until I, as I say, until I see a Palestinian resistance movement that we in the West could support, uh, the Palestinians are guilty and there's no way for the West to distinguish the two. So long as the Palestinian Authority <laughs> is paying a bounty to uh, terrorists, they're no moderates. They're not seeking co peaceful coexistence with Israel at all, nor do they give a crap about the conditions of their own people. No, they want the conditions of their own people to be bad so that they can have headlines. See what Israel is doing to us? No, they are doing it to themselves. 100% their 
fault. Full stop. Yeah, and, and you can see see it even in, in their propaganda when it comes to even reporting uh, casualties. Hamas doesn't rep- doesn't differentiate between civilians or militants. It's all civilians. It's just one number. It's the same thing. Right. It's all the same to them. They don't distinguish the two. They don't acknowledge the existence of, quote, innocent Palestinians when they report their numbers, which I don't trust. Um, but I mean, I can understand why Israel doesn't report uh, similar numbers, report similar numbers, although they must have their own numbers. Um, <laughs> so I believe they, they, I think they at least report the the proportionality, how many civilians to how many militants are dying. I, I think that's two fact, to one at the good, moment. Exactly. And in most wars, it's much, much higher. Civilians actually get uh, usually take a much, much higher hit in wars. Israel has, they, they call it what Israel's doing genocide is insane. It's upside down. Never before has there been so surgical an attempt to avoid civilian casualties in the history of warfare. I mean, I, it's utterly insane to me that you would send text messages and drop leaflets to, to get people out of buildings before you bomb them. <laughs> it's just insane. You don't do that. You make you look. Israel cannot distinguish between whatever quote innocent Palestinians there might be there, precisely because Palestinians so overwhelmingly support this genocide against Israel, which is in Hamas's charter. (laughs) Under those conditions, Israel has to has to attack civilians, has to attack civilians. And again, it's not Israel's fault. That well, they have to okay, let me just quickly make sure we are on the same point. Uh, it might not have to like directly attack civilians, but pretty much any infrastructure that exists uh, that Hamas takes place in, it, there are no military bases. It's all hospitals, it's all schools, it's all some sort of civilian infrastructure. So in that way, they do have to accept uh, a certain degree of civilian civilian casualties because there is no other way to get to Hamas. No, that's why I say it the way I do. Because Hamas is using their civilians as instruments of war, Hamas is using sick people in hospitals, children in schools, civilians in home, private homes. Hamas is using them, qua innocent, quote, innocent civilian, as a tool. Any tool of your enemy you have to destroy. I don't care if it's a rocket launcher or a human being. And that human being being made a tool of aggression against you makes that uh, civilian a, a necessary target. I will go that far. And we have also seen that a lot of those civilians are actively cooperating with yes, uh, with Hamas. I, I believe we've seen some videos of doctors in hospitals pretty much seeing Hamas militants and not doing much How about does it. it. Happen? How does it happen that they're in schools and hospitals and residential neighborhoods? If the population isn't supporting them, isn't supporting them. No, they, they obviously have the va- cooperation of the vast majority of the people. You couldn't you couldn't get away with that. The doctors, the mothers, the teachers, they're all the hundred teachers. We know what they think. But no, but the teachers at those schools, the mothers in those residential homes, the doctors and nurses in those hospitals. There has to be a, a wide degree of support among those people for what Hamas is doing. Or it could Hamas couldn't do it, and that makes them necessarily important targets for Israel to hit. They must hit them and include the people within them, because those people are tools. They're like guns. 
They're like rocket launchers. And if Hamas is reducing these people to the, in effect, to being rocket launchers, Israel has no choice but to attack those very civilians and kill them. I'm going to say it that baldly. Uh, let's quickly go to Super Chat. So we have a Super Chat from Jonathan. Thank you so much. A Super Chat from Apollo Zeus. Thank you. A super Chat from Bonnie. Thank you so much. And a Super Chat from Andy Bacco. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, he says, there are a lot of Palestinians that are against Hamas. Uh, why is nobody reporting that? I saw a video with Gazans talking to IDF soldiers to bring them to justice. Uh, so I think this specific video, we might have even talked about it. Uh, about uh, It's going to be a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, we still made a point. It's easy to now, after IDF comes in and protects you, it's really it's somewhat easy to uh, start speaking out against Hamas. But when was this before October 7th? When was this on October 7th? Even some days after October 7th? It was nowhere to be seen. We only see it now after IDF controls a huge part of Gaza already. Right. Well, you see, that's the whole thing. They're trying to fool people into allowing them. Look, if I... When you when the police capture a criminal, the, the the normal criminal doesn't immediately say, oh, you got me. I'm the guy you're looking for. No, if I was a Hamas operative, I would say, oh, help me against Hamas. Once the IDF was there, right? I mean, you'd be stupid. That's what Hamas leaders would say. And we're supposed to believe them? No. As I say, there may well be innocent Palestinians. Unfortunately, it is their leadership. It is their responsibility. So there better be an, an anti-Hamas resistance group. Where is that? I see all kinds of groups. I see the Palestinian Authority, right? Islamic Jihad, the Muslim Brotherhood. You got the Hezbollah this, Hezbollah that. All kinds of Islamicist organizations in the Middle East. Where is the anti-Islamicist resistance group? Where is the French resistance, the Polish resistance, even the German resistance to the Nazis? For example, where is even, like I would say, uh, the, the, these anti-Islamicists uh, who are trying to get a better government in Iran, they at least fight back. They at least will object. There are at least groups in Iran that we could support. I see no such group in Gaza. I see no such organization on the West Bank. Now, in the West Bank, they could, it's not even the focus of the attack right now. You would think that if there were anything like even a 5% of the Palestinians oppose this, there would be some kind of organization in the West Bank today, of some kind, asking for protection from Israel, asking for protection from the international community for their free speech rights to object to these terrorist monsters. But no, we see nothing of the sort. There okay. is no such organization. I wonder how many you could actually collect in one room. Uh, let me just quickly cover the last super chat that came in. We only have a couple of minutes. So first, thank you, Gail, for your super chat. And thank you, Ori, for your super chat. He says, maybe Israel is not telling the truth about going uh, and they're going to find the Hamas leaders in the future, regardless if they escape now. Thoughts? Uh, and I think he means even if they, let's say, do the deal and let uh, Hamas leaders go into exile, that might, uh, Israel might come after them then. That would be the only excuse for the deal. I mean, I could see going along with the deal to get the hostages out and then breaking our word. You know, Israel has no moral obligation to keep a promise to Hamas, none whatever. 
get the hostages back and then go wherever they're going. Or if they're on a boat or a plane, shoot it down. In fact, if they were to do the deal, I would require that Israel do everything possible to kill the people they said they could go, to break their word. You have every right to lie under those circumstances. <laughs> to break a promise, I would snooker them in, uh, perhaps, if it's the only ju possible justification for dealing with these monsters that I could even conceive of. But even, but if, they, if you had that in mind, and if you knew you could kill the guy that you promised to let go, only under the circumstances where I was pretty sure I could kill that guy. Oh, I'm promised to let him go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the hostages. And once all the hostages are gone, then I must go out and kill him. And only under the circumstances that Israel plans, intends, and thinks they can, should they even, would it even be conceivable that such an agreement would be valid in my mind? And with that thought, uh, we have about a minute. So let's wrap up. In, uh, in about a minute, we have the reality show. It's going to be about managing million, managing million murderer marches. So make sure to check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll be back with the Daily Objective tomorrow at the same time. Thank you, James. Thank you, everyone. And bye-bye.